And it is time for another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell uh, along with Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest of what's going on in the sporting world. Mitch, it's good to be back. Happy Halloween, sir, and happy Halloween to everybody out there that is watching or listening to us wherever they listen or watch their podcast. We would have dressed up for uh well I I want I, I don't know if Mitch dressed up for sure because his his shirt looks like I want to drink out of it uh at a at an old roller skating ring. Wow, you even got the pants too. Okay, yes. I dressed Every, up. I dressed okay, so you dressed up, so it's official. You have a costume on. I don't have a costume on. I had one on no, actually, no, I didn't on Saturday night when I went out in Canton, but um no, you are drinking like the class or you're wearing the classic drink cup design that came in like like when people think of the 90s they think this is one of the things that they remember from that time where every bowling alley roller rink anything that you go wear for fun they had these specific cups and no one could ever know the name of them 90s jazz cup jazz cup okay okay i i think i had read that somewhere like years later but i remember looking at trying to look up this cup i went 90s cup design like what is this thing and and they had these at uh oh gosh um oh gosh the name of this roll this roller skating rink that was columbia skateland there was an old place in a little town over next to me it's no longer there unfortunately but they used to have this ricky like it looked like it was right out of 1972 i'm not even kidding and they used to have these little cups they had the uh the drink designs on them you get these really good milkshakes um Gosh, what a, I, I even I miss that place. And I'm sure I was I was years beyond the demographic of that place had bumping back in the day. But enough about my youthful escapades. Let's get into uh, what well, I could have worded that better. What's going into the world of athletics here this week? And before we do that, I want to remind you guys, uh, obviously, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're watching here on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe and hit the bell. And, you know, you can go to BigTimeSportsOhio.com. We're putting up uh, the all IVC football selections later today. I'll be having those published very soon. Be sure to check out this week with Roger Metzger, our weekly article from him. And, uh, yeah, we should be we should be good to go. So, I mean, we really I- I'll even let you decide uh, this week, Mitch, where we start off on our discussions, because we don't have a lot to talk about scholastically. We talked about the week uh, 12 matchups here or the week 11 recap um uh, last saturday and then we can talk about the week 12 matchups later on in the week i mean the big thing that uh that happened in high school level that i wanted to uh kind of give a quick shout out to before we started was there was an honor of a um local tennis player and this is from the can repository uh they named the all stark county girls high school tennis team the other day and a recent singles champion, I believe her name is Tess Booker, won the she won the Division One Girls State Tennis title a few weeks ago. She headlines a 2023 All Star County team. She is joined by eight eight of the twelve selections are going to be returning for uh, next year. First team singles uh, honors go to Ken South Junior Marissa Zaleski, sophomores Haley Farron of Perry, Alessandra McCann of Jackson, Emma Papke of Hoover, and Addison Shield of Hoover. So congratulations to all those girls. All right, so with that. I mean, where do we start here? There's a number of topics we can get to. Wow. I think we got to start with the Browns. All right. We can start with the Browns because uh, this is the story that that was happening on Sunday. And I feel I, I had some when the clock hit zero on Sunday around 7 p.m. I, I knew there were going to be some thoughts, particularly from you, Mitch. And I know we're going to get into a discussion, which uh, we have to recap about the Browns nearly pulling one out again. 
nearly being the key word. Uh, a loss of the Seattle Seahawks drops in the four and three on the season. Didn't look that way to start out. It looked like it was going to be a, a boat race from Seattle after scoring back to back on the opening two drives. But then the Browns settled down. They had a good game plan. They stifled Seattle for much of the second half. But I wrote this in, in a thing the other day in, in a game of inches. I think it was Vince Lombardi who said that the football is a game of inches. They had 36 of them left from likely not not uh, for sure, but likely potentially icing the game uh, on that third and three, which came around the two minute warning. If they had passed or ran, the clock would have stopped either way. They decided to go back to the pass and try to ice the game. Walker tried to go back to his top receiver and then it bounced off a helmet, went into a guy's hands. Seattle went back and scored a touchdown. Browns couldn't respond. To be honest with you, I'm not upset at the play call. And I know that there are people, ironically, in Seattle who are uh, who are, are going to be upset at that play because you're not putting it into your starting quarterback's hands, per se. You're putting the, it at risk by putting the ball in the air. My thing is, you still had the potential... To do one of to do two things. Number one, you still have the potential to lose the ball at that part of the field because if you let's say ran the ball on that play with Kareem Hunt or, or whoever was in in action, I mean Kareem Hunt didn't get any action at all in the fourth quarter, and he talked about it after the game. You could still fumble there, and and I understand an interception is more likely than a fumble there, but I'm I'm saying that there's still the potential for that to happen. Number two, if you don't get that first down, this is maybe the thing I was a little little frustrated with. You could have punted the ball back placed them back well within the 20 yard line. Instead you have them around midfield and it's easier for them to get down the field and score. And the defense, I think the defense unfortunately sold on that final drive where I don't know what it is. These past couple of weeks, they've been getting burned on like these late drives on the passing game. We saw against San Francisco. We saw it here. Uh, But yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly upset. I understood what they're trying to do. They're trying to end the game. They're trying to, go back to what they thought was working. They had a couple plays there where they just weren't getting things going. They It wasn't like it was fourth and inches. It was fourth and kind of a distant, distant three. I have a feeling, though, that I know what you're about to say. Go ahead. Floor's yours. Forwards. Forwards. Run the damn ball. I knew it. That's all. That's all. Okay, Kevin, you called a good game. You still suck as a head coach. Simple as that. Um, I think he is, there's a difference between trusting your quarterback and then also trusting now who the worst rated passer is in the entire NFL in PJ Walker. Lowest completion percentage, more turnovers and touchdowns. Uh, He's an XFL MVP He's not. I looked it up yesterday. He's not. He just played. He played next. He was the passer leader. Well, cool. That's about the only time he's ever going to lead anything in passing because he's not going to do it in the NFL anytime soon. Um, And then why Kareem Hunt's not on the field, why he's not getting the ball is beyond me. And now I'm starting to wonder if this is a personal thing because last year Kareem Hunt also did not get used as much as we saw back in 2021, right? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. You run the ball, you don't get it, you punt. They have to go 80 plus yards. Mm-hmm. 
What's so what's so hard to understand about that? You, why would you put the ball in PJ Walker's hands when he has shown you he doesn't have the ability to hit a guy who's three yards in front of him that's wide open because he had a number of passes that hit the ground. He did just throwing, throwing at guys' feet. It's just I I don't get it. That I, I game, think, yeah. There's no way we should have lost that game. None. I don't. First of all, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well we we stayed so resilient enough that we came back from two touchdowns down early on the game, but I'm thinking to myself too. I lost my thought for a second. I'm trying to get it back. Essentially, I'm I'm, I'm saying that the the call, like I understand the frustration in wanting to keep the ball on the ground, maybe give it to a guy that you've been able to trust in the past. I think I think what it is too is that because PJ, I think PJ looked more comfortable in this game than he did in the previous two two ones against San Francisco and Indianapolis. This well, is Indy, he didn't get to practice. No, that's the thing. And, and because of that, I think he gets us. He knew he was going to get the start this week. He was prepared. He was able to break off a couple of big runs, uh, was able to get out of the pocket more. Still had some issues early on where he had that uh, strip sack fumble, um, which now gives the Browns a league high in, in giveaways. I think it was around 17 yesterday. I don't I don't know how many the Raiders had last night. They were number two. But um, yeah, that it, I understand it's frustrating, but. I, I don't look at it as the Browns losing or giving away that game. I look at it as Seattle taking the opportunity and capitalizing on it. I mean, they, the Browns could have made that last defensive stop, and we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it, but they didn't. So they just need to regroup. They need to get this defense, which has been – I don't know what it is. They have – their league worst right now in average opponents' points per uh, per game in the first quarter – 7.4 and in the last three games it's over 12 so so teams are striking fast against this browns defense i don't know why maybe they have just have a really good game plans to start out but i I, th- I think my focus is more on that than it is a chance play call at the end look it that's the worst that's the worst possible thing that could have happened uh on that particular play i guess second worst if you want to say oh pick six but the, that's one of the oh, things where, like it just happens Pick six, you get the ball back with a little more time than you got to begin with. That's true. Like, I would have rather given up pick six. It's just Kevin Stavansky thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he thinks he has to prove it consistently. And he's been able to showcase that now since he's been head coach to the Cleveland Browns in 2020. All right, maybe not in 2020 when he was coach of the year, but last year, the Atlanta Falcons, a game the Browns should have never lost, a game they made no adjustments, but what did he do? Oh, Analytics say to go for it. Analytics say to do this, that, whatever. Well, your analytics don't take into account you have the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay. I don't care what you see in practice. I have eyes too. You have eyes. Anybody out there watching this right now, you have eyes or else you wouldn't be watching it. We can all see that PJ Walker is a practice squad quarterback. I, I, I give him all the credit in the world. He has stepped in. He has performed pretty well given the circumstances. That is the last man I want touching the football with a game on the line. Okay. Now I'm not saying I want to Sean Watson because that dude, I don't even know if he's better than PJ Walker right now. He's, he's, he's garbage. I mean, Sean Watson is irrelevant right now for the Cleveland Browns and he should stay that way until he gets it figured out. I'm sick and tired though, of wasting all the talent on this team, specifically the defense and the defense is allowing the most, they're somewhere in the top of the most big plays in the NFL. Yeah. They got to get that figured out. Now, 
they play Arizona this week. We can't lose to Arizona, right? We shouldn't lose to Arizona. I, I would I, I would expect them to win. Here's the thing. Yesterday, right after Arizona's loss to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Cardinals, said Josh Dobbs is going to start next week. Kyler Murray's not going to be a starter. Uh, or a Sunday, excuse me. But Monday, I believe in the, in the uh, early evening, Gannon came back and said, oh, no, we're going to bench Dobbs this week. It's either going to be Clayton Toon, who we just called up from the from the practice squad, fifth-round rookie, or Kyler Murray. More, those two guys are, are more likely. It's going to be one of those two guys and not Josh Dobbs. And they changed course after a film study. That was weird. That was I don't know what happened there because when I when I heard that Dobbs was going to start, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, clearly Arizona's tanking. It's official now because you're not going to bring in your top quarterback back against the the Browns in this sort of case if you're one in seven right now and just trying to play for Caleb Williams next year or whoever you want to go get. I, I don't know what happened here. I don't know why. I mean, did someone get in his ear? Did somebody did the, I mean, he says it was a film study, so maybe that was the case, but it feels weird to just like, what, like, what do they see exactly in this film that made them think we cannot, you know, what it is too? former team. They're going to know how to scout him. Maybe that too. I think you can also look at the Colts film and realize that a more agile, <clears throat> quick quarterback that can run was difficult for the Browns to stop. I mean, Gardner Minshew had the best game of his, of the year for him so far. We're going to lose to Arizona because Kyler Murray's coming back. You don't know so that. You don't know that. Man, you, you do this. You do this. You panic. You, you hit the panic button. when No, you have no this is it. The Browns. This is it, though. This is it. Okay, if they I've lose, if so they much lose crap the season, they lose the season's over. If they lose, the season's over. Because the Bengals are coming back. The Steelers are, even though they lost yesterday, even, even when, when Kenny Pickett went out of this game, I'm like, they're going to find the way to win this game like 15 to nine, and it's going to look hideous. And then when George Kittle had that vaulting over the two guys for a touchdown, I'm like, he is an issue, which he'll be an issue here in a couple of weeks when we have back to back divisional matchups against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And then Baltimore yeah. is going to, Baltimore is running away with this division. They're out, that offense looks good. Um, Baltimore looks like the best team in the AFC right now. It's, it's between them. I mean, Kansas City. I I know what what I don't know what happened yesterday in Denver or Sunday in Denver, but uh, you could you could make a case. I don't know if you're going to be like, oh, they're the best runaway team because this year doesn't have like a runaway team for me per se right now. Even though we're only right. halfway uh, in the season, but yeah, right now they're they're the best team in the AFC though. In they haven't had they, they haven't had an embarrassing game. I know the Pittsburgh game was tough for them because they kind of they kind of sold that game as well. But there hasn't been one where it's like, oh, they dropped the ball there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. The Browns are going to waste this defense I, this year. I'm just going to tell because, well, because I think with Schwartz under it, it's good for it's good for a considerable amount of time going forward. It's mainly if the rest of that coaching staff remains intact and maybe a coach will want to bring back Schwartz. I time will tell. I mean, I'm hoping it's not going to be the case, but it's been a tricky time this year. You don't have your running back. You don't have your quarterback. You have guys, you know, popping in and out of injury. I mean, how many guys went down yesterday with potential injuries that uh, we're going to have to hear about later on this week? And there were guys who stepped up yesterday. Maurice Hurst had that amazing big man interception, maybe the most athletic one I've ever seen. Uh, who was it? I think MJ Emerson had one as well. MJ Emerson's still budding as, as a very good defensive prospect, but we're filming on the trade deadline today. And by the time this gets out, I don't know if the trade deadline is going to pass, 
But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they try to make any moves, try to go get another receiver. Cedric Tillman hasn't had a lot of action this year. Donovan Peoples-Jones hasn't been involved much in the offense. No David Bell. I mean, no, um, not much of it there as well. Amari Cooper is getting his his touches, which is good. I don't know. I, I, I don't expect them to make any big moves. Well, never mind. I guess you know, I don't think they're going to trade. Well, for I mean, because they don't have capital. But if you have an idea, then I'd love to hear it. Do they trade for a running back or a quarterback today? No. Uh, here's the thing. I thought for the last few weeks, I thought, oh, what if we just go get back Jacoby Brissett from the from Washington? Because Sam Howell just scored four touchdowns against the Eagles. You're thinking, oh, Washington's got this. They can work with him for the rest of the year. I think bringing back Jacoby would. I know he was with the team last year, but I was talking with someone yesterday. Walker kind of fits more like a like a Deshaun Junior in this offense, and it would probably be easier to just ride him out for the rest of the time necessary instead of having to bring in a guy who, even though he was with the team last year, you still have to get accustomed to what's been going on in the playbook this season, and, and that could th- kind of throw off the dynamics of the teams. I'm hoping that's not the case because we brought Kareem Hunt back, who wasn't even on an NFL roster week one. I'm hoping that could be a case, but I, I don't feel like we would have enough for Washington to be like, yeah, I go ahead and take Jacoby off our hands. We're good. Uh, and, and with running backs, I don't really feel like we – as much as I like Derrick Henry, I don't know if we need to rent him for nine weeks out of the year. Is it worth? Is that worth it? It's not. I don't think. I don't feel like it's worth it. And I don't know if Tennessee's well, going to give him up. I guess. I guess it wouldn't be worth it because on third and three, we'd probably still throw the football instead of giving it to Derrick Henry. Um, but I mean, we're not using Donovan Peoples Jones, so expiring contract. Tennessee wants to to start rebuilding. Well, yeah. and that like a fourth round pick for Derrick Henry. Boom, now Levis has another guy to throw to besides DeAndre Hopkins and Trey yeah. Burke. So, I don't know. I I can't imagine that they make a major, major move today. The one Because I'm a big believer in momentum, and I understand that they're coming off a loss, but I don't want them to feel like they have to throw away half the team in order to try and make this playoff push in a tough division in a tough AFC. So, I don't know. Oh. Stupid Browns. Look, it's gonna be okay. We got a whole week to figure this out against the Cardinals, the one and seven Cardinals. The only reason they're one and seven because Dallas is Dallas occasionally, and they did what and they didn't do what they had to do. They just did what they had to do now. against the Rams this week, but you know they just whatever. All right. Let's- Hey, Star County, it's your friends from the local board of mental health and addiction recovery, and we have a challenge for you. We're asking you to create a new habit and check in on someone every day. Nothing fancy, just a simple text, phone call, or note on social media to ask someone how they're doing. You don't have to be a professional, you just have to ask and then listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Text 4HOPE to 741-741 anytime, day or night, or dial 988. Eight. Brought to you by Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like Nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. 
we consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care, where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostren Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sarda Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers. Very respectful, very professional. Just an all-around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. Let's let's go to something positive. How about the Buckeyes won? Buckeyes won. How about that, man? I'll give you a win against uh, the best team in the Big Ten West right now, Wisconsin, which we we didn't we we I, I we kind of knew we kind of knew it was gonna be a hard game to play. And for the most part, I mean it was a close one throughout. Ohio State, as I said in the text, did what they had to do. Just keep winning. Just keep doing what you have to do. And, uh, yeah, they made some big plays down in that stretch where uh, Wisconsin just doesn't match up offensively to them, but – or uh, def defensively to them. But that's the thing. If they go back to the Big Ten Championship, I'd still be kind of worried about playing that matchup, even if you get that victory over Michigan in the final week because – there's just something about Wisconsin's offense that was, you know, putting together some drives, not not in the sense of scoring because they only had one touchdown throughout the game, but they were just taking time off that clock. They were just taking the ball away from Ohio State. Had a couple turnovers as well, which, you know, that that if you're Kyle McCord, you obviously can't have. There are some quarterbacks, obviously no quarterback wants to turn the ball over, but if you're Kyle McCord, you especially can't be giving the ball to the other team because you – aren't the quarterback who's going to be putting up 400 yards and three touchdowns along with that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is really good. Mm -hmm. That was my takeaway. Yeah. At I mean, you and I talked about it on, on Saturday. I didn't think they would lose this game. I thought it was a big spot for a letdown spot. Kyle McCord looked rattled again, but I, let's be honest here. This is really second true road game, right? I mean, Notre Dame at night and then this one at night, and this is not an easy place to play, but Ohio state did enough, Mitch. They now have some nice wins on the resume. And say the college football playoff rankings come out the first edition 
of the rankings. I do not want this team to be ranked number one. You think they will be? There's a lot of people out there that think the Buckeyes could be ranked number one because they have two top 10 wins hmm. compared to Georgia, who's just played at, you know, the local middle school and YMCA team <laughs> down the street, I think, here in Canton. Um, I mean, Michigan has beat nobody, but let's let's throw that out there. I mean, Michigan, they haven't even been able to play the middle school team down the road. They're still on the preschool team. They, they don't play anybody. So I'm sick and tired. Like, there's no way possible that, oh, they have impressive wins. Yeah, cool. They're playing people that don't even know what football is. Um, I mean, let, I just, I do not want Ohio State to be ranked number one tonight. I hope it's Michigan because that'd be really funny when all this scandal stuff comes out again and then they get like DQ'd for the rest of the season or something like that. But either way, better chance that Kyle McCord is in New York for the Heisman or Ohio State is ranked number one tonight. Oh, Ohio State's ranked number one tonight, no doubt, no doubt. If anybody's going to go to Ohio, New York for Ohio State, it's Marvin Harrison. That, right, that's... but don't you don't you find that funny that the guy is a wide receiver? And yeah. Somebody has to get the ball, but the guy that gets the ball wouldn't necessarily be there. I'm not saying I don't agree with that. Right, Marvin Harrison is the best wide receiver in all of college football. Yeah, I think he would be potentially one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now, but. I just find it a little crazy that Kyle McCord could put up these numbers that Marvin Harrison is benefit of. And then, right. Well, it's kind of like with Mac Jones, the year that Alabama won the title that, or uh, I think it was the same year that Devonta Smith won the Heisman trophy where that man, every time, every time he touched the ball, something was happening where there was a big play or he was getting a bulk amount of catches for X amount of yards with, Mac and I guess with Kyle, like they can get the ball to them for sure, but then they kind of struggle getting the ball to other receivers. You know, I make a book is there sometimes. You have uh, some other options uh, there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would take Ohio State getting number one tonight easily. I did read Dennis Dodd's um, power rankings today, and he had Ohio, uh, Georgia at number one, Ohio State at number two. I think Georgia's got number one wrapped up until they lose. That there's no. I understand the, the strength of schedule. I understand the the that that's a big issue for some people, but until you got to you until Goliath gets slayed, Goliath is still standing. And right now, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Washington—they're all a bunch of Davids trying to fight for that for those spots. Washington's still in the mix there. Oregon jumped back into the mix after beating Utah, so those are the only two Pac-12 teams left. And then Florida State—you want to talk about not playing anybody? They took advantage. They're taking advantage of. Uh, the ACC right now and a down Clemson season to be the representative. And it's going to be fascinating to see if they can keep this going for the remainder of the season. <sighs> Poor Oklahoma, man, <laughs> this is this <laughs> tech. I mean, Texas, the, the door is open for Texas again, but they have to win out. You have to win out. You have to have one of the pac 12 teams lose. You're probably going to have to have one of your, uh, well, that's the thing. Depends on the way the Ohio state Michigan goes. If it's a close game, Whoever loses that game could still stay claim, have a stake uh, of a claim to uh, a playoff spot. You probably need one of the Pac-12 teams to lose, and you probably need Florida State to lose in order for you to to sneak back in if you're Texas. But that's just the way I see it. And Alabama, God, if 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 every freaking team loses and Alabama slips in again, we're just gonna we gotta we got we gotta do something about it. We gotta do 
something about it because because I don't care how good this defense has been over the last six weeks. This offense is not this is not Georgia. This is not Ohio State. This is not whatever. This is this is dumb. This is just a dumb thing that we have to that we would have this to go be through. One of the worst teams Saban's had in recent memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean they're, they're not this is not a top team. This is the and worst team they've had since Ohio State beat them in the Sugar Bowl. That was, that was a number one team. Yeah, that was a great team. Don't disrespect Ohio State. I, I, I understand that. I understand. Hey, hey, I, I'm I'm cool with Ohio State winning, but that was Blake Sims. We're just gonna leave it at that. Put some respect on his name for losing for losing the big game as a number one seed. I'm kidding. I don't know why I'm doing that. I I don't. But I went into that whole thing. I started that whole thing and then I tried to keep it going and I don't even believe a word I'm saying about it. Alabama was a fine team back in 2014. Anyway. Um, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I, the only thing I had here in college football is the university <laughs> poor Michigan too. the wall street journal reported that the university of Michigan, I, I know, I know they rescinded a contract offer that would have made Jim Harbaugh, the highest paid coach in the big 10 in wake of the sign stealing allegations in the football program. That is a report that is not confirmed. But um, that's a shame. That's a shame. Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, 
Our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. What else we got? We got World Series action last night. I mean, Texas stepped up when they had to. You get blown out in game two. After one of the best World Series games I've seen in recent memory in game one, you come back, hold off the Diamondbacks, win three to one. Corey Seager looking strong. Adelise Garcia, we'll see what happens with him. He left the game with that uh, apparent injury. But, um, I mean, Texas is looking good right now. I don't really have much else on that besides I saw that one report that said, like, game one of the World Series. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, game one of the World Series was on record the lowest rated game like world series game since they've i I, um have been keeping track of that i want to make make sure i get this here and i apologize game one was the least watched world series game in recorded history at 9.35 million viewers on fox fox deportes and the streaming service the previous low was game one of the 2020 season between the dodgers and the rays which really that that is I knew that Texas and Arizona were kind of out there markets for the average baseball fan. But I would have thought that they could have put together more numbers than that. Yeah, I mean, when you look back at the past few years, and who's been in the World Series? This is the first one since 2016 that does not have the Astros or Dodgers in it, which is a very big market for either team. So is that why the viewership was always up? Because one of those two teams were in it? I don't know. Does nobody care about Arizona? Does nobody care about Texas? I don't know, Mitch. I mean, we're we're in the middle of football season. We're also entering basketball season and yeah. hockey season. And for these two teams that nobody really predicted to be in the World Series, I think that's kind of just tuned some people out. Yeah, I, I think it's more. Go ahead. At the at the same time, like the people that like baseball and want to watch are still going to watch. I've been watching, you know, I, I've been intrigued to see how this goes. I think Arizona and Texas are just two. Are, not only are they two teams that we're unfamiliar with because, I mean, they're two years removed from 100 plus losses. But to me, they're almost like these sleeping giants now because they're so young and they have all these pieces. Yes, I know Texas has Scherzer and he's not going to be around much longer. But like in terms of the core of these groups. They should be around for the next few years. They should be really good baseball teams, especially Arizona with how young they are. They have the rookie of the year in Corbin Carroll and shoot. Texas might have one of the best steals of all time. And Garcia in a trade, uh, Josh young. I, I mean, Heim. It, it's good baseball. 
And so I'm not sure why people aren't watching. Is it because they don't have the big names of the Yankees and Judge and the Dodgers and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, whatever it may be, but like we still have Corey Seager. People know who Corey Seager is. Like Mark yeah. Simi, we know who that is. Like Scherzer, we know who is. Arizona. Evan Longoria. I, I, I would say Corbin Carroll, but he's a rookie. Yeah. I yeah, so I said people it. People aren't aren't really into it. I mean, I'm not even I said it. I, I, I said it being in the play. I said it when the Diamondbacks kept started winning the playoffs. I couldn't name, I couldn't rub two players' names together in my hands. I mean, it just really wasn't that kind of a team. And granted, you get you, you pick up some guys in here. Gabby Moreno's done some good things in the postseason. You mentioned Longoria. Court Carroll's been able to do some good. It's just, yeah, I, it's not. It's I think it's more so because that game was so good that it gets people people's attention. That wow, really, this was the first game, and it didn't really make that much uh in a te- in ratings granted it was the highest rated program of that night in that time slot by a, a country mile um but yeah that that's that was interesting to see and we'll see if the attendance uh goes up here in time you know last night they had to deal with monday night football which i would i watched the baseball game over that football game which was woof um but good for the, good for detroit yeah. Really quick, is uh, is Adams gonna get? You think Adams is gonna get traded today? It feels like they might have to. They have no choice at this point. Devonte Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say bring him to Cleveland. But if he's upset with Jimmy Garoppolo, then he's gonna be really upset with PJ Jesus man, again with it. Yeah, because he had that post game presser where he he was like at a loss for words, and people were like, "Oh, this man was playing with Aaron Rodgers two years ago." That man, by the way, if we didn't know this already, that man's body does not listen to science. Because that this man is like walking and like throwing footballs, not a hundred percent, but this was less than two months after a torn Achilles. Like this is that is I don't know what's going on with that. All guy. right, Mitch. Here. You are a quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh my god, we, like, I'm sorry, we didn't talk about Kirk Cousins, but go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I'm going with this. Oh, okay. You suffer an unfortunate injury as quarterback. You tear your Achilles. You go get the MRIs confirmed torn Achilles. You're like, all right, let's get this over with. Do you take the usual approach like every other athlete? Or do you say, you know what? No, I'm going to try the Aaron Rodgers method out. I mean, I don't know. I, that's Aaron, I Aaron, know Aaron's, already a, Aaron's already a physical specimen in and of himself, but that it's weird that I think he can come back from that. And a guy like Kirk Cousins can't like not as quickly. It's weird, right? It is kind of strange because I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that sucks so much for Kirk, man. Kirk has really become like this is a guy that when he got his money and and when he was in those first few years of Minnesota, we're like he's clearly overpaid. He's clearly overrated. This guy overachieved in the NFL and now he's reaping the benefits of it. But he's become a weirdly uh, likable cult figure in the last maybe yeah. season or two, where he's he's he was so underrated at one point. That he became overrated, and now he's become—he was so overrated for a time. He's back to being underrated again. It's such a weird dynamic with him, dude. Last year, I was one of his biggest haters for a little part of time. Like I was, and here I've grown to really like him. I think he's a likable dude. I, I root for him. Um, I think part of it's watching. What was it on Netflix? Said the three quarterbacks in, uh, in it. quarterback. Quarterback, okay, I thought it was, and I was like, wait, no, it's too easy. I, he was really likable in that. 
and you got to know him a little bit more. And I think he's a really good guy and he has been good. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, it's because he is Justin Jefferson. Fair. Jefferson's been out the past couple weeks. He's still putting up good numbers. He's the epitome, I think, with uh, O'Connell there right now as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Being in the right spot. I don't think he's a system quarterback because he obviously got paid for multiple reasons. But when he's in that person that can coach around him, and put him into his strengths that he's already talented enough to do. I think he thrives. And so it really sucks though, because this is such a long, long-term injury recovery. Yeah. That he's a free agent after this year. So like, what does that look like for him? Yeah. It stinks because I think now the Vikings are more desperate to get a quarterback that, well, here's the thing. If they're still willing to compete and they might be able to do so in a weaker NFC North, then they're going to be desperate for a quarterback and they're going to be pushing harder to get these other guys than Cleveland is. Like I could see Minnesota going to get Jacoby Brissett before uh, the Browns do if they, unless Andrew Barry has the in with them, or if he doesn't make the effort, then Minnesota sweeps in, but um, they're going to get Jameis Winston. Jameis, Jameis Winston. You think that's, that's going to be their savior. That's going to be the guy. I mean, I I like Jameis a lot, but for different reasons, I think Minnesota is going to go after Jameis. Gosh, what what would that look like? What would Jameis in the because Jameis has played in Tampa, he's played at Florida State, he's played at in New Orleans. Uh, those are the only two teams I can think of. Like, what does he look like in like in Minneapolis in late November? Like, what does that look like? I need to know what that looks like. Better yet, I want to see what he looks like in in Green Bay at Lambeau Field on December 29th or whatever. You know, like something like that. Snow falling. I want to see him. And what it's like for there him, was but. there was supposed to be snow yesterday in Denver, and it really disappointed me what happened there. Well, here's the thing that I wanted to get to as well. You know who's also been good this year, and we're not talking about it. Russell Wilson. That man has like sneakily, and maybe it maybe this win will help people get back on his case on his case, but that man has been sneakily productive on the field this year. 1600 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's had what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, or sorry, uh, five games at least this year with a hundred plus QBR. It's just that they're not winning right now. I get it. Like the team's still what two and whatever they are right now. They're not a a great team. They're not a very good team even, but it's kind of like with the Kirk Cousins thing. When, when you're on top, people want to bring you down. And when you're kind of at your lowest point, which I think last year was the lowest point for not only Russell Wilson, but for a lot, for any star quarterback we've seen in the last five years, it's kind of coming back up that people are kind of returning to, uh, to what they like about it. I think he's been maybe a little, uh, take, was taken aback from last year. Maybe he's like, all right, let's settle down, get back to business. It's interesting how the dynamic's starting to change. I know. And I'm going to have to eat crow here. Because I kept saying that everyone said the Browns made the worst move ever. I was like, Denver did. You see what they gave for Russell Wilson? He sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I I would I, I wouldn't have wanted like mid thirties Russell Wilson. Like even though he's playing well right now, I don't know if we needed it. It would have been. It would have no, been. I'm just I'm just saying in general, people that want to rag on the Browns. It's like, no, Denver made a horrible trade. You kidding me? And it's like, oh shoot, he has better numbers than Patrick Mahomes right now. It's, it is. Talk about it. it is strange. Yeah, and and, and so. Yeah. Is it Sean or not Sean McVay? Sean Payton? Sean Payton? I don't know. I don't is know. I mean, Russ finally saying, "Hey, I'm not going to focus about only me." Like, I don't know what it is, but sneakily, Mitch, the Broncos are starting to play a little bit better. The win loss record isn't great, right? But now 
semi worried about when we go there in December. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, that's that, even if they're not a good team, that's always a difficult place to play. I mean, they're tied with the Raiders right now. Josh, Josh McDaniels is not going to be a head coach by the end of this year. I, I can't. I can't imagine at this point. And and look, the guys was a guy was a very successful coordinator in New England. He, I cannot take that away from him. You, you swung and missed on your second head coaching attempt. And that's just the way it is. Unless you rattle off a big winning streak, that's going to be the way it is. And I hate to that's say it about Canada, but it's not looking good right now in Vegas. There's some people that are just meant to be coordinators. And you try it once and it doesn't work out, that's fine. Right. Look at Dan Quinn. I mean, he's also known I, for the most. I, just, I, I know. I, I still think he could be a decent head coach. But at the same time, a shot. he doesn't necessarily need it because he's still such a great defensive coordinator. Right. Where Josh McDaniels flamed out in Denver. It's like, okay, dude, maybe maybe OC is your calling. Like, yeah, he had to go back to the same team. And then he did the Colts thing. And then, yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. And then Frank Wright. Like, uh, a jury's still out on him for me. Because Carolina okay. is still a growing team. They got their first win on Sunday. If they can like get it within three years, and he could stay there. But yeah, right now it hasn't been amazing. Jim Schwartz. Well, Jim Schwartz had some success in Detroit, didn't he? I don't think he ever made the playoffs. I think it was Jim Caldwell that took them to the playoffs. Uh, I know he was he was productive there, and then they fired him for kind of surprisingly. Jim Schwartz. Uh, no, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs they in, one, in 10 and six year in 2011. They lost to the Saints in the wild card game. And then they had two uh, losing seasons after that. And he, he took over right after the un, the winless season. So he kind of had to build that team from the ground up, which I'll give him credit for. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like he's just kind of been uh, coordinator over the last decade or so. And I'm fine with that, with the way he's been producing this team right now. Pat Shermer. We're going to talk basketball right now. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder. A simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> Or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care, where you matter.
you invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sarda Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers, very respectful, very professional, just an all around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going, disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. You need to remodel your bath? You need JR Bath Company. Trust in the quality of JR Bath. It's fast, it's safe, and it's affordable. Call today at 1 800 664 2284 or go to jrbath.com. First of all, before we get in, even get into the caps, this thing that broke at 2 a.m. last night, the Woj bomb that was dropped on us, this James Harden deal to the Clippers of all teams. But I want to get, I'll make sure I get this right here. This, this, entire bulk of a deal that the Sixers get in return. The Clippers get Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philippe Petrusev. The Sixers would get Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, K.J. Martin, an unprotected first-round pick in 2028, two second-round picks, a first-round pick from a third team that hasn't been named yet, and a first-round pick swap with the Clippers. Look, this is a pretty good trade. I think for Philly more so than I think it is for the Clippers right now, the, the Sixers as good, as good a player as Harden has been in his career. I don't feel like you needed him in order to make another run here in the East playoffs here this season. But you, if you shed the, the drama of this whole Harden thing in the off season, if you bring in this bulk of players that could help bolster your bench, could bolster out a couple of uh, key roles, that is very valuable for this team. Now, whether or not they're going to succeed, I'm not sure. The Clippers, hey, it's splashy. You get four future Hall of Fame players on your roster, and for the third time, Russell Wilson's going to Russell Russell Westbrook's going to team up with James Harden. I don't recall two superstars playing on this many te different teams together. I know that like. I know like one, two guys may stay with each other for their careers, but one guy would be a star. One guy would be on the bench. I don't recall two big names like this doing it this many times yet did in Oklahoma city and Houston and now in LA. I, I don't know, man. I mean, the Clippers could do something in the West, but I think it's going to be more likely that Philly does something in the East with this team. Even though I think, you know, both teams are going to benefit in their own respective ways from this deal. For the Clippers to do what they want to do, which is ultimately actually win and go to the finals, they're going to have to overcome the biggest obstacle they've ever seen. And that's playing back to back. Because this team is now the epitome of guys who don't like to play back to back nights. I mean, James Harden, we don't even know if he likes to play basketball half the time anymore. 
Because if he's not happy, he doesn't play. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they see it back to back and they're they freak out a little bit, but they don't play. Um this is actually I don't want to say poetic justice, but I'm very happy with this move because I have a friend out there and I'm not going to name him Mitch. And no, this is not, this is not directed towards Mitch for people out there thinking I'm being sarcastic. Oh, no, I, 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 I actually have a friend. Yeah, I would have, I would have called you out if that was the case. Yeah. Tyler was that coach in Cleveland when we won the finals. He deserves some credit. Sure. He does not deserve all the credit. We had a guy named LeBron James. I think that guy played a bigger factor than Ty Lue. I'm sorry if you disagree, but that's just my personal opinion. I have a buddy who claims Ty Lue is one of the biggest reasons we ever won the finals. <clears throat> Sometimes more, more so than LeBron. So I told him every year, he likes the Clippers now because Ty Lue's there. Tell him every year. I'm like, yep, Ty Lue's not going to get it done. Yo, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Well, the funny part of the story is his favorite player outside of anybody in Cleveland is now James Harden. So now James Harden getting coached by Tyron Lue and the Clippers. If they don't win now, I am going to have a field oh. day with that man because he has no more excuses. None. Kawhi's healthy. Paul George is healthy. They got James Harden. Russell Westbrook, I don't care. We're not going to talk about him because he's not a fan. But you got Ty Lue and James Harden the same team. So what are the, what's the excuse going to be this year when they get bounced in the second round by Denver? I'm just very excited for that. I'm sorry that's selfish. You know, that's I, I had to put it out there. Uh, this team, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. The Clippers are not. They have they have your they have guys you know, right? They have names outside of the four, four players we're talking about. But those guys whose names you know, you remember them on their past success. Marcus Morris, nothing super special. Uh, Nicholas Batum, he's older. Nothing extremely. I mean, I, the only one I like in that is Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a fine piece in addition there for Philly. I, I I agree with you, Mitch. I think I'm very excited to see what Philly does. This opens up a tremendous amount of cap space now for them moving forward. What do they do in the offseason? What do they do at the trade deadline potentially? Because you got rid of the one thing that was holding the team back potentially. And especially for Nick Nurse, who's in his first year there. Yeah. Now you got that headache out of the way. You got to keep Joel Embiid happy. So what is the move now that they're going to have to make with all this cap space in order to make him happy? Right. Well, I, I like that Philadelphia is honestly building towards the future here. Now they own four of the Clippers picks uh, from 2020, was it 2027 through 2030? And this is interesting for a Clippers team that already paid a lot for getting Paul George there back in 2019. You remember they traded five first round picks. Uh, and that whole deal between him and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, and now and now Kawhi is 32, Paul George is 33, James Harden's 34. They're almost certainly going to, by the way, sign contracts uh, next offseason. So that's going to be even more money that they had to shell out. And I think you're getting really, again, a really splashy move, but you're selling a lot of your team to try and put this thing together and you're really getting it so that Harden can pick up the slack kind of similar to what was happening with him in Brooklyn with Katie and Kyrie. You're kind of getting him so that he can sustain the team. If either of those two go out with significant time with injuries, which we've seen them do quite a bit. Look at this number. Kawhi, this stat Kawhi Leonard this is my fact of the day. Kawhi Leonard has not played in the final Clippers game of any season 
since the bubble year in 2020. Like the odds of them making it like through the six month season and then four playoff rounds, like we're going to see them miss. I, 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 I can't imagine they, they stay healthy for this. If they do power more power to them, but I don't know. It's going to take something we haven't seen from this team before. Yeah. And as you continue to get older, what makes you think we're going to see that? And that's my thing with the Clippers is every year it's Western conference finals, you know, maybe the finals. No. Can they even get past the second round without blowing a lead? And they even get their full team on the court to play in the second round is my biggest concern, which since the bubble, have they? I don't think they have. I don't believe. I think they made the conference finals, but yeah, that's it. It's 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 crazy to me. I'm I'm sick and tired of the Clippers talk. I'm sick and tired still of the disrespect the Denver Nuggets get. Like, look, they don't have the flashiest names and the flashiest players. Okay. But I'm not gonna sit here and just let people talk Phoenix into existence of the, as the best team in the West until they prove it. Nikola Jokic is good at basketball. Okay. He is an MVP. Yeah. He, they just won the finals. Like, I, yeah. I just feel like Denver's still getting crazy disrespect. Really? It's great to me. I think so. I really do. Oh, Phoenix has Bradley Beal. Oh, cool. What's he won? Oh, nothing. Okay. Move on. Well, they have Devin Booker. What's he won? Oh, part of a team that blew the finals lead. Okay. And they got Kevin Durant. Oh, what's, what's he won without Steph Curry? Nothing. Oh, wow. What makes you think this team's going to work? And who's their bench? Oh, the guy that bagged your groceries at Walmart yesterday? Yeah, because he's going to be able to come off and give you valuable minutes. Like, no, that's not going to be a good – they're going to be good. It's going to take a lot for them to win the finals. I'm going to sit here and then tell you the Lakers have a chance because they have LeBron, but that's because I'm a LeBron fan. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's like, it's such a – I don't know. I think this is the most wide open the NBA has been in years. I think the East, everyone's kind of enamored with Milwaukee, and rightfully so, and then Boston – after that, Miami, Philly, Cleveland, New York. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting, but I just I still feel like Denver Nuggets are getting so disrespected. It's yeah, crazy. I don't know. And you mentioned the East. I mean, we're gonna go right into that because we have two teams tonight that are um, uh potential playoff teams uh, this year, Cavs versus the Knicks. Already not off to the best of starts when you know Jared Allen's not gonna play, you got a couple guys out already. Donovan Mitchell is even questionable. Uh, with an injury, so I'm going to that game tonight. We'll see if they if they have all their stars back on the floor. Even then, I just want to make sure that this team looks like it looks like a team that can st- that can stand strong against a Knicks team that bullied them in the playoffs last year, but also they can be effective. I mean, we, I mean, Struess after his big game against Brooklyn hasn't done a ton. Uh, the team hasn't been able to quite finish well enough in their last two games, and I'm hoping that that can that can change tonight. I mean, the Knicks haven't been great either. They're also one and two, haven't gotten off to a great start yet. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm just, I'm hoping the defense plays better tonight too, because right now we're we're averaging uh, one of the league high, not one of the league highest uh, opponents' points per game, but we're at 115 right now compared to our 110 points per game. Max Struess has been a delight. I've been a big fan of him. I was excited when the Cavs got him. Um, he's played well. I mean, especially that first game in Brooklyn. I don't know what to make of the other two games. Garland Mitchell didn't play against Indy. I'll give him that pass. Karis Levert, the man who's never seen a shot he doesn't like, had a really big game. Um, and just like we, us as Cavs fans, I'm speaking not to you and I, Mitch, but more in general to everybody out there. Enough about Karis Levert. Enough. He's not going anywhere. 
he's going to shoot the ball almost every time he has it. And then every other game, he's going to go for 30 plus. And then the other game, he's going to have seven. Okay. So just get used to it. Try to keep track of the, I want you to start writing down in a notebook, what game Karis LeVert goes off. So then, you know, the next night it's going to be okay to be upset at him. And then the following game, you're probably going to like him again. Like my timeline the other night was flooded with Karis LeVert tweets after the Oklahoma city game. Yeah. Next night against Indiana, he goes off. He had like 20 some points in the first quarter. It was like, Oh, okay. The only one you can get mad at and consistently be mad at is Isaac Okoro. Cause he just sits in the corner, doesn't even hit those shots. So, um, yeah, I'm firing on, on all takes today, Mitch. I'm not, I'm not having it today. I mean, it's, Isaac, Isaac Okoro should have been a part of that deal with Jetty Osman and Lamar Stevens to get Struce. What's frustrating is that these, these performances we've been seeing off the opposing team's benches, Cam Thomas had one for Brooklyn. Aaron Neesmith had 20 some points in the game against the Cavs for Indiana. I mean, that's we we got to stop some of these guys from having these big breakout games off of the opposing he, team's benches, not just he, startings. Isaac Okoro is the most overrated best defender on a team I've seen in quite some time. I did. You can't stop Cam Thomas from Brooklyn. I mean, bitch, I didn't even know he didn't start that night until after the game. Yeah. When they said, yeah, and off the bench tonight for Brooklyn, I thought this man had 30 some points off the bench. It also doesn't help that our bench, you know, played bad against Indiana 11 points compared to the, X amount that Indiana had. We just need guys to be are able to score some more and and get some things together. What do you got, Tristan Thompson? At some points on the bench the other night, though. Four points. Four points. Giving him a shout out right there in that poster. Two of three with five rebounds and uh, in eight minutes. Yep. I mean, I completely forgot he was on the team. Not even gonna lie to you. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. It's not like last year. Last year we got that amazing star. We're thinking, oh, we're gonna go to the finals, and then yeah, there was just. We just gotta, we just gotta get together. And if we lose tonight, then hey, we have what a couple other games uh, beyond that. Lose night season's over. Time. Oh, we have yeah. a back to back against Indiana. That's awesome, cool. Uh, yeah, might be a tough start to the year, but we'll see what happens here in the next coming weeks. All right, that's gonna be it for the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Thank you for listening and or watching, Mitch. What is the fact of the day? Because it is Halloween, I figured I would provide everybody with a fact of the day and the new mic drop. This is a reminder. That candy corn is the worst possible candy ever created in the history of the world. I mean, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. All right. I, I was going to say something. I can't. I have to end after that. Thank you so much for listening. No. Uh, okay. So he's back now. I I mean, I don't I don't like candy corn very much. Um, But if I had to like if someone told me to eat it, I'd be like, eh, it's like it's it's chewy. It's tasteless, I, you know. It's whatever. No, another name I won't release out there, Mitch, that he's a sick person because he said jelly beans suck. Ah, come on. He's elite. Ah, he's never he's never been to a grocery store where they had all those big jelly bean dispensers and you can fill a bag with them. Thank you. You've never had the, the certain jelly bellies of like the summer edition or you never had the Starburst jelly beans or the Jolly Rancher jelly beans. I'm a jelly bean connoisseur. Uh, but either way, if you're out there and you're you're upset at me right now. Just remember, candy corn sucks. It's not the greatest, um, but that's. leave us in the comments below what your favorite Halloween candy is for tonight. Thank you so much for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.